Welcome back to the New Yachtsman Channel. Um, today I've got a guest, uh, John Farrell. John's got a lot of uh, experience in the Far East and other parts of the world in yachting. And uh, I thought we'd just chat with him today and maybe get a little insight as to what that part of the world is like for the New Yachtsman. John, why don't you go ahead and introduce, introduce yourself. Uh, thanks, Bill, for inviting me along. I've been looking forward to this for a few weeks. Um, yeah, so, so I've spent the last 10, uh, 15 years almost now in, in the Far East, in Thailand, Malaysia, and probably the last frontier for yachting is, is Myanmar, Burma. Um, not the place to go at the moment. Give it a year or two and it'll settle down. I, I spent probably just almost 15 years doing the, the milk run, San Remo, San Tropez, the Mediterranean, uh, Caribbean, that sort of thing. And... I moved moved down to to Phuket in Thailand to actually do the shoreside support. So we used to work with the yachts, super yachts coming in there. Um, yeah, so that's a that's that's where I that's where I've sailed. So what do you think the uh, primary difference is with Asian yachting versus the U.S. and uh, and Europe? Is it really just lack of infrastructure is the first thing that hits you? In Myanmar, there is no infrastructure. Absolutely no. It's uh, I, I spent ten years there, and I was I was blessed. I was there during their period of democracy. They haven't had democracy there since the war, literally late mid sixties, uh, and and recently it's gone back that way. So it's a third world country. There is no infrastructure there. However, the beauty of it is that Phuket is one of the best set up, if not the best set up, um, location for super yachts. And it's an overnight trip, eight, eight ten hours um, from Phuket to the entrance into Myanmar. Because it's so simple getting into, because it's so basic in Myanmar, it's quite simple getting in. We flew uh, one of the boats we had down there, um, had a helicopter. To fly it off the aft deck in Thailand, we had to produce almost a manual. Videos, what it was going to do, and, and they couldn't get their head around it. You know, So, so the helipad moves. I mean, yeah, it's on a boat, it's going to move, yes. Myanmar, they're like, okay, well, don't fly over the land and, and sign this piece of paper, basically, just one document. So, yeah, no infrastructure, but ease of going in. But that, the beauty of Myanmar and Thailand and Phuket, very much the same, Myanmar more so than compared to the Caribbean or the Mediterranean, is there is no other boats. You're unlikely to see another boat. Um, in Myanmar, I was with deep sea fishing, um, I, I, it's as remote and almost as good. I spent a month in Papua New Guinea in the Solomon Islands, which is as untouched. But the Solomon Islands, Papua New Guinea, is is just there's no there's no um, there's very limited population, so they don't they don't they haven't made a mess of the marine environment as much as is the Caribbean or or, or, or Europe. So actually diving in Myanmar is phenomenal. Papua New Guinea is, is I would rate that as the best in the world. Palau, Papua New Guinea. Um, some of the diving I did in Mexico was, was pretty incredible, but the, the, the underwater life is phenomenal. The support, the support, as I said, isn't there. Phuket, you could pretty much get anything done for a super yacht. We have, um, there's two major marinas down there that will take anything up to about 80 meters. Uh, and we'd have we had boats we had a 55 meter and then she was there for six months uh, and they pretty much did a not quite an out of the water refit but everything everything but that 
And, and for anything serious like that, Singapore's only a couple of days away. So um, the infrastructure is in Thai, it is in, in Southeast Asia. It's just a little bit more spread out. But I think the, the beauty of, of Asia is that the, the boat can go down there. The owner can fly in, get on the boat, and, and they're, they're out for a couple of, couple of weeks. And they, they don't, don't, probably won't see anybody else except the crew. It's, uh, it's, it, it is an incredible place to live. And having been around yachting, super yachting since the late 80s, and yachting itself. I grew up in New Zealand, um, and I, I, I could sail before I could walk. So I think, yeah, Southeast Asia is right up there. If you're there on your own yacht, maybe with a, with a light crew, what do you think about security? Do you think it's safe for, a, say, an 80-foot boat with a crew of two to transverse those waters right now? I was actually, I, 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 um, I was employed to go into Myanmar to take a 70-foot sailboat in to train locals to work on super yachts. Um, and I, and I was really lucky with that company. They um, they supported me through there. And I now have today. I now have one guy who works on a eighty meter um, sailboat. I think he's in the mid at the moment. I'm not quite sure where they. And I have another 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 guy that's in Spain. So I took those guys through training like that. And, and most of my training, obviously, was on the boat in the water in in the islands around Myanmar. Yangon itself is the main city. Five, nine million people. I, I feel safer. I mean, I don't like sending my wife out by herself at night, but I would send her, if she had to, she could go out in Yangon. I wouldn't feel as safe in London or New York or Miami. Yangon, no problem. It's, it's, it's really seriously safe. The only, the only questionable area is, is Singapore, the Malacca Straits around Indonesia. Um, and that sort of goes for any boat, but usually the there, and there are one or two pirates there. They're more after commodities like oil or or small um, cargo ships. As far as safety goes, um, there's there's no problems there taking any sort of any size of boat. I think what you're saying there about distances, um, the, uh, the 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 transports the t transports ship. What is it? YT YST or something? The 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 cargo ship that that takes yachts around the world. That actually stops in Phuket. So anything from about 50 feet to about 100 feet, I think, they will actually transport down there for you. Uh, Dockwise. Are you talking about the Dockwise oh, ship? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's a great option, new, new yachtsman. If you haven't heard of it, look up the Dockwise uh, yacht transport. Um, you know, crossing ocean sounds all great, but um, after four or five days staring out the window, you'll start to wonder whether Putting, the, putting your yacht on a ship is a better idea. Um, it takes a bit of a dedicated uh, a dedicated owner to do those long passages. Um, I, I I was on one boat with Italians and they used to like doing the passages, which is which is hard on the crew. Um, usually, uh, the boats that I took from the Mir across to the Caribbean, we'd get there, set the boat up, and then the owner would fly in. They'd have their time there. We'd sit there in the Caribbean, the boat would move somewhere else and they'd go back to work or they'd go back home for a few weeks and then they'd fly back in and the boat would move and they'd fly into our destinations. And I, and I think that's pretty much, I think the thing with Southeast Asia, if you're American based or European based, it, that's a long trip even by private jet. Um, so it's not the sort of thing you're going to do more than twice a season. Um, and you're saying there about the trips, the voyages once the the boats there. Phuket to um, 
Phuket to Myanmar is overnight. It's eight hours. Uh, and it's a, a 10,000 square miles, 800 islands. Some of them are bigger than Singapore. These are not small little islands. This is, they're, they're huge islands. Uh, but they're all within sight of one another, each other. So you're never going to... Um, you're never going to uh, do overnight long passages. Um, you, you possibly would if you were in New Zealand. There's, there's longer trips that you would do in New Zealand from Auckland, where the boats are based to the Bay of Islands. The Barrier Reef in Australia, you get a little bit longer trips. Um, Singapore, Singapore is a little bit harder because once you're out of the, you know, once you're out of the um, uh, Marina Twenty One in Singapore, you're in, you're in the Gulf. What does it look like over there? Is everything over there kind of in the, in the target window, or it's what is pretty pretty much like the Caribbean? Um, you have your uh, the, the the monsoon period where you've got the rains, the, the hurricanes will come through. You usually you'll hear they'll, they'll hit the Philippines, and the Philippine gets hit on a regular basis. The archipelago itself, the, the Murgway Archipelago in Myanmar probably gets hit by one every three to four years fairly similar to the the caribbean gotcha and then if you're south of there you're okay they all track yeah, once you're once you're down in singapore you're, down, you're close to the equator you can drop from singapore indonesia I, I did a trip just before covid i did a trip uh, from indonesia to brisbane in queensland and australia and that was right in the edge so that was november that was right in the edge of the hurricane season and those hurricanes will drop down to brisbane um, in that central belt, south of um, south of Singapore, Indonesia, you're pretty safe, but it does get quite hot, steamy, 100% humidity. It's it's uncomfortable in the in the dry season. What about cost wise? Are, are things um, generally similarly priced as everywhere else in the world, or are you paying a huge markup for imported goods? It, it that, that depends where you are. You, you can pay some. I've paid some terrible prices in Turkey. Um, it really depends what you're talking about. If you're if you're looking at imported um, marine equipment, you're going to pay for it, but then you'll pay for it in Australia, and Singapore. Local commodities, uh, vegetables, um, alcohol. Surprisingly, because I've been there for ten years, I come back here. I never really appreciated the tax that Western governments put on a bottle of beer or or a, or a bottle of gin. It's horrendous. Um. Coming out of Phuket, I had I had one boat. I had a group of Russians on the boat, and they they left Phuket. It's only overnight. They left Phuket, and I got a phone call from the captain in the morning, and he said, "Look, we're we're a couple of couple of miles inside Myanmar. Um, we need you to send some more champagne because they've found out that champagne and pineapple, fresh pineapples off the tree, go really well together. They'd gone through a crate of of champagne and overnight. It was a big <laughs> boat. There was a lot of uh, there was a lot of guests on it. Sorry." Um, so as far as getting those sort of things at that level, Cristal, at that level of, of quality, it's not a problem in Phuket. Phuket is a tourist-based island um, landside. It's, the yachting's fully supported. You can get the, the best um, food, the best wine that you want. At a, they're pretty reasonable price. Um, I'd com easily compare it to France. And, and it, it, because of the taxation, I, I think. So the taxation, the, the transportation costs balance each other out. And then, of course, in the tropics, you can get some quite different meals. I had a, another boat, um, Italian captain, Italian owner, Italian captain, Italian crew, and I had a fantastic Thai chef. And she went on the boat and she taught, she showed them how to make Thai curry. 
they they never had anything like it before. They couldn't get enough of it. She actually, I got her to make the Thai, the curry sauce and vacuum pack it into bags and freeze it so they could go away with several kilos of this curry sauce. So the quality of the food, the it's different, but you can, if, if you if you want to explore, the quality of the, the, the raw materials is fantastic because it's fresh. Uh, and you'd say that fishing and diving is the best you've ever seen in that part of the world? Uh, it's some of the best. I, I remember off, um, off Panama, just, just, um, we, we, we had the, the boat at a 45 meter in one of the bays and the owner was on a, on the, on, on the, um, on the support boat, uh, trawling and just picking up, um, dolphin fish, picking up swordfish at that level. But that was in Panama. We could do the same thing in Myanmar. Myanmar is, is not being, um, overfished like 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 the rest a lot of the rest of asia the other side china through the philippines is sort of being really fished out by the chinese um papua new guinea's sort of heading that way palau is really hard on their on their um on their marine life or they're, they're really really protective of it so they don't allow fishing you you pay a premium to dive there but it is phenomenal it's 60 foot visibility it's some of the best visibility i've seen Myanmar the same. It hasn't been um, the fishing hasn't been stripped out by the, the Chinese trawlers. They just get these big trawlers and they just slowly get closer and closer to the land. So a lot of the Indian Ocean has been fished out. Even Kerala in in India is is a phenomenal place. But the, the trouble with India is it's sort of incredible bays. Um, but once you're outside the bay, you're in the middle of the ocean. So it's it's India's more of a passing through point for yachts that do the trip down through Suez. They'll usually bounce across to the Maldives usually and then across to Phuket in Thailand. But yeah, the fishing and the diving is is phenomenal. It's really good, really great. So if a new yachtsman maybe ship their yacht in there, um, maybe what do you think? Two or three months to see the area adequately as a as a as a owner operator cruiser and what would that what would that look like what what's the kind of triangle you would advise them to stay in geography wise it, it was always a bit frustrating in in myanmar because there was no facilities there the boats used to come down the charter yachts used to go to phuket and they would charter out there every single charter i did and, and the boats that we were working with they probably were doing 30 to 40 a season Every single one was leaving Phuket to spend two or three weeks in Myanmar. But once you've seen one long sandy white beach to the next sandy white beach to the next sandy white beach, it's sort of, you know, it sort of becomes a bit same same. A lot of owners want the, the sort of the balance. So what what we would normally do they, is they would um, they join the boat, they'd spend a couple of days in Phuket because Phuket has a bit of a reputation as a as a holiday destination. Um, just for the nightlife, for the really high quality restaurants, and then spend a week, week and a half in, in the islands, and then come back to Myanmar for a few days. So there's a, there's hundred, there was, not last season, just gone in Myanmar, um, but there was hundreds of charters into, into, into Myanmar every season. And a, a lot, most of, most of it was because there was nothing else there. It was just you know, fishing, beaches, as I said, some of the islands are bigger than Singapore. You've got um, rivers that you can tra transverse up. You've got um, huge um, flocks of birds that 
you, you, you just don't get anywhere else in the world because they've been untouched by, by mass urbanization or villages or anything like that once you go south phuket's an island there's a few islands around there pp is uh, is is quite popular but there's sort of a little bit more backpacker type destinations so the diving is quite good um but for a super yacht you don't really want to go it's just a, it's just a bit much but if you've got a, a big yacht that you you base down there for a season to charter um it's it's a fantastic destination there's not that many boats that would be down there in a season probably 20 to 30 and i'm talking the 50 meter plus market here um and a lot of boats most of the boats actually would use it as a sort of is their round the world trip or they go through they spend a season in phuket um they might send a, a season in indonesia indonesia is a little bit harder it doesn't quite have the same facilities um the diving is incredible again and you can get well away from civilization and then across into in, into um, the Barrier Reef in Queensland and then on to New Zealand. So most boats would do that sort of trip. They'd usually, a lot of them will dock express down to Phuket and then they'll they'll steam go under their own steam through the islands, through Queensland, down to New Zealand. They'll dock express back up from New Zealand up to Panama or up to the West Coast. So it's sort of a, and, and that, that would be usually a sort of a two to three year thing. No, but boats don't tend to go down there for a season and then back to Europe or there for a season back to the, the States. Yeah, they're going around the world or they're on a, they're on a larger journey. Gotcha. I think they're on that world, round the world journey and it takes a special crew, a special captain to do that. And I, I, I was really lucky. Um, the Italian boat I was on, she was on a second circumnavigation and the owners loved the boat. So they spent more time on the boat than they did off the boat. She was uh, 55 meters and the cabins were tiny. And the owner was like, well, if you're on my boat and we're, you know, we're, we're enjoying what we're seeing in the environment, you're not sitting in your cabin. So that was his theory and it worked, worked really well for him. They spent, they probably spent six, seven months of the year on the boat, quite a long time. They didn't do the passages, so many of the passages with us. They would just come in for the destinations. Um, and that captain had been with them for a while, and I think there's lots of captains that uh, that that are on that sort of thing. So it's a it's a different type of captain. Yeah. What about um, you know? I guess the, one of the things I would struggle with trying to plan this myself is the polit local politics. You know, the the national news of all of us Western Westerners really doesn't cover these smaller countries very well. How do you find out? what's going on locally. Because I find if I just try to get on the local websites and things that very often uh, it's not even in English or it's poorly translated. I really don't have a clue what's going on. I'd be nervous to just show up with my yacht. You definitely in, in, in Asia need an agent. Um, uh, it's in, 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 and I, I was a captain for quite a few years and I tended not to, you know, an agent. I, that's what they, the owner's paying me for. Um, but there are certain places that you need an agent. I didn't have one going through Panama, no problem. Um, but that area of the world, the Mediterranean, the Americas are more set up for tourists coming in by sea. They are Southeast Asia is not quite as well set up. And an agent, a good agent, um, and there's lots of agents out there, a good agent will will follow you up as a, as a, with the captain. Um, when I was a captain, 
uh, in chartering. I was always following up with the principal charter guest. So I was always giving them feedback, um, what was going to happen on their charter when, in, in, you know, two months ahead. So where we were going, what they were likely to see, just, just to sort of get, get, them, get them a bit excited about what was happening. But that was, that was me, but I've done lots of traveling around the world so I can drop into Palau or I can drop into Costa Rica and, and, and I'm, I'm up and running. But that's- so what am I searching for when I'm looking for this agent? What's it called if I'm just sitting at home in the US and I want an agent to go to that part of the world? What am I looking for? Uh, that's a good question, actually, because obviously the, the answer is Google Yacht, yacht Agency. Um, and in Phuket, you'll get five or six of them. Okay. So the first thing I would do, um, and and of course they're not all they're not all created equal. The first thing I do is I say, so what's your background in yachting? What experience have you had on yachts as an agent? Because really, as an agent, um, you can set up if you've got a mobile phone and a, and a laptop and a landline, get a phone connection, you're away. But really, understanding what yachts want. I, I went into I went into Costa Rica and I'd arranged with the uh, the agent to fuel up and we were going from Panama to to um, Acapulco so it was a whistle stop and I explained to them, I explained when I was going to be there what time I was going to be there and I, and I followed up three or four times no problem no problem so we pulled in um, and there's a container ship sitting there oh you can't do it today you can do it next week and I, no no this is not how yachting works so that's that's the sort of agent you don't want to get a hold of. Gotcha. Um, so that's the first thing. There's lots of yacht agents out there, um, and there's uh, half a dozen in Phuket. But they really need to understand that that yachting is. You, I mean, if you if you're a captain, you know that you start jumping and you ask, "Is this high enough?" You've got to be ahead of the game, and then you have to you have to the agents have to be ahead of the game as well. There's lots of demands. These owners, they they pay a lot of money. They expect, and and quite rightly so. And you, as the captain, end up with a huge amount of stress if you get somewhere and the agent isn't isn't doing it all right, isn't 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 on top of it, and isn't telling you ahead what's going on. So, as a yacht agent, I would say don't go to Myanmar this season. Keep in contact with uh, with, with 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 a very good agent down there to see when it starts to open up again. Very good. And all these trips when you're going in that sort of that those sort of distances as well. As an owner, I think there has to be a bit of flexibility because you're going into quite different cultures. Um, and Asia, New Zealand, Australia are pretty switched on, um, but it's a different culture to Europe, England, the, the English or, or, or America. So they have different different ways of doing things. So it might always work the same way. I, I was in New Zealand uh, for the America's Cup and it was only so we used to fly the celebrities from the airport private to the boat and then they would go ashore at night so they're in new zealand for the cup and nobody ever knew but it was only because i had the contacts to the air force helicopter division that i could arrange to pick these guys up you know fly across the city in a private helicopter which they didn't do very much in auckland in new zealand so Local things can happen down there. And sometimes it's actually easier, as I said, with the boat that we had um, with the helicopter, that was a nightmare trying to fly it in Thailand. In in Myanmar, they just wanted a piece of paper sign. What's the radio? What's the radio sign? Yeah, okay, don't fly over land. But we won't check you. So again, it, it, as I said before, the captain needs to be a bit more 
a bit more switched on for travel and different cultures as well. Different, they've got to be really flexible, really have done some traveling in themselves. I, I, I'm from New Zealand, so I think I was lucky in the fact that I'd done a lot of traveling to different places before I set myself in, in the Mediterranean. And I was there for 10 years or so in the, in the uh, more than 10 years in, in the Mediterranean. But I had the experience outside. And if you just have a captain that sits in the Mediterranean, it's going to be harder for them to go to Southeast Asia because it's all going to be new and they're going to have to rely so much more on their agent. John, one other thing, you know, I know you've got a lot of super yacht experience. So how about some advice for the kind of 50 to 80 foot yacht owner that's kind of doing it themselves? Maybe they've got a limited crew or maybe they're on their own. It's uh we, I was in Phuket and we actually had a couple of the um, world sailing rallies come through. Uh, and I think there's I probably haven't, they're probably not running at the moment because of COVID, but they do have those rallies that come through where if you've got a 40, 50, 60 foot yacht, you're, you're a couple, maybe one crew, you can actually jump onto those rallies. There's one out of Australia that comes up through Indonesia, um, Singapore, Malaysia, um, goes up to Phuket and then carries on to the Maldives. So there's a couple of those um, at least one a year, sometimes it's two a year as they, they travel around the world. And I think that's a, it's a great way to, to travel, the support you'll get from the other boats, great relationships. I think the last one we did in Phuket, there was, I think it was 25 boats. I mean, they're quite big rallies. Um, so there's there's a lot of this sort of support there. You know, if you can't get things fixed or you, 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 you're in the middle of nowhere, then there, there'll be a boat around that you can support you. And then... Um, that those rallies will actually say, right, we're going to be in Phuket in this period, and then you can have things sent ahead like mail and, and contacts, and or you can change crew, that sort of thing. So I think the, the rallies can also give you some of the background that a, a super agent would struggle to do. Again, a, a super agent knows how to look after the big boats, fly the aircraft in, you know, if, the, if the owner's coming in private jets, getting the best food, that sort of thing. A 40, 50 foot yacht that's a bit more self-contained, they probably need an agent. Now, agents cost money. They probably need an agent to just check on the paperwork, direct them, you know, where the local um, supermarkets are, where the, lo the local markets are, what to do, what not to do. So there are there are agents that you know, can work with you permanently or in a smaller boat can just sort of do a couple of days. So the rallies are the, the best way to go. But a lot of the yacht clubs, I know the yacht clubs, the marinas in Singapore are quite well set up for that now with these with the smaller boats coming through. Well, that's great, John. I really appreciate your uh, your background in this part of the world. And I think there's a lot of new yachtsmen out there that will benefit from it. And uh, you guys, if you're planning on traveling around the world, this sounds like a very natural stop for you. Um, please like and subscribe. Thank you very much.